This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. This is episode 42 of Series 7. It is a, in Melbourne time, a Wednesday early afternoon on this particular <laughs> week. And it's important, Craig Hutchison, as I say hello to you. International Hutchie today, by the way. We'll get to that in a moment. But it is important, in my eyes, that we do reference each and every week the actual time we record. Because I don't want people thinking we're avoiding topics or just missing topics, as we may have been open to, uh, to being accused of last week. Good afternoon. Damo, I chipped you on the timestamp last week and I thought that I was being smart and not an hour later we realised the Brownlow information got uh, released after we'd recorded. One of the biggest stories and, of the year. Yep. And you were validated. So our audience was straight on to me and said that's why we have the timestamp. So there you go. How are you Damo? I'm, I'm in New Zealand. I'm in Auckland today so here for the week and uh, across New Zealand. For the, so thank you for accommodating me at an unusual time. I, my, my my mail and my sources in New Zealand are usually pretty good, Hutchie. My my mail and my sources, they're impeccable, have had you yesterday on one of the most exclusive golf courses, not just in that country, but the world. I uh, did play a little round of Tara Edie demo with some clients, yes. So Tara Edie's an exceptional course. Uh, it's it's a quite an experience, to be honest. It's uh, one of the most... Uh, Revered courses in New Zealand, if not the Southern Hemisphere. So, yeah, it was wasted on me, Damo, and my golf, but it was very nice to experience it. How did you hit him? I'd imagine you're a, you're a big hitter off the tee, not necessarily regularly accurate. Yeah, I, I, in life as in golf, Damo, so I, I, <laughs> inconsistent uh, flashes, all that sort of stuff. But anyway, it was a very windy day and a very cold day, and it did remind me of this Feedback we got from our from our listener Chris Bennett. Now, I want to acknowledge Chris. This is I just love this on the uh, Twitter this week. We we called out the bomb who went in so confident demo into the World Cup final and the hundred percent chance of rain that didn't rain. Well, hang on, it's the bomb, but they want to be known as the Bureau of Meteorology, Bureau of Meteorology. in the first reference, and yep. then thereafter, just the Bureau. Yep, yep. So they've committed. They've gone in hard. It was their grand final day. Got to get the weather right, and we we set the show up a couple of weeks on the back of this. Chris Bennett has started picking up. They, they're lacking a little confidence in their weather <laughs> forecast since. So this has rattled the key analyst, Damo, the key the meteorologist. Key, yeah. This is his one he sent me from the weekend, for us from the weekend. Geelong and Surf Coast area, partly cloudy, high chance of showers, most likely during the afternoon, early evening, the chance of a thunderstorm, possibly severe. Possible small hail. <laughs> Winds westerly 35 to 45 kilometres, increasing to 35 to 55 in the morning. <laughs> so there's a lot of outwards there, Damo. So that if you uh, want to join in the fun on this, the bomb, the Bureau of Meteorology, after having their confidence rattled, their brand destroyed and their consultants removed, and now gone into kind of keep the door ajar type language. <laughs> and this was on the back of you <laughs> highlighting the fact they said there was a 100% chance of rain on the Sunday of, of last they week. Emphatic. In, into the they World Cup. And, and there and wasn't, there actually was, miraculously, there wasn't a drop at the MCG. There was within yep. kilometres of it, but not at the actual MCG. There was no rain on their face. It's just egg in the end of that game. And uh, since then, we can see there's been a softening. This is like the reporter. <laughs> We've been through this as reporters, Damo. Right? Periods of your career where you second-guess your story. And... <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, you're, you're drifting a language like, 
it is believed tomorrow there'll be an appointment, although it may take an extra day or two to, to ratify at board level. Yeah. You see journalists start to second-guess their reports. I the Weather it, Bureau are second-guessing themselves, Dave. We've all been in that uh, zone of second-guessing our reports, <laughs> particularly on those live TV moments. It's likely that there'll be an outcome. Yeah. Sources said or, it's as probably... I speak, this is how it's going to unfold, but yeah. it might actually change when people wake up tomorrow. A few, bit, bit of second-guessing around that this week. I was reading from a distance the North Melbourne CEO's job, there's a lot of uh, Simon Lloyd is the front runner. He's leading the race. He's on the verge of being offered the job. <laughs> there's <laughs> there isn't anyone that's actually said Simon Lloyd has won the North Melbourne CEO job. So again, timestamp Wednesday. But there was a lot of just out language. I thought in some of the coverage demo. Yeah, the out language doesn't work. You got to commit. Well, I remember when I first uh, joined your operations, Hutchie, and. and We've said this a few times on this program where you got me across and I thought you and I were going to be working on stories together from day one. And and, and the, the very first thing that, that, that never happened was you actually working with me on any story. So I just want to paraphrase all that and get back to the um, – I suppose the reason for me raising this is you, you then um, grace us with your appearance now and again on the on the Thursday footy show when I was doing it. And you often had this statement that go hard because the next day or the people – and we didn't have Twitter at that stage. When people gave their feedback, and as you know, there was a switchboard arrangement there at Channel 9, they would yep. give you instant feedback. It was actually Twitter yep. before Twitter became Twitter. And you always said – and it, it did stick with me – no one ever rings in and goes, hey, listen, I think, uh, I think that guy's gone a bit too hard with the sell on that story. <laughs> You always took the view that they just want to be told something they don't know and move on. And you get no discount on the out either. No, you don't. You're wrong if it doesn't happen. Yeah, but people will say, did you say last night? I said, well, no, I, I, I said that was possible. Did you see the report? No, I didn't see it, but someone told me. That's it. That's how we know it goes anyway. Uh, a couple of things to, to get into early on the journalistic front. First of all, uh, well, a couple of things. First of all, the coward headline in the Herald Sun today, you, you sent me on the WhatsApp earlier. Yep. There's a couple of takeaways from this. Justin Langer's lashed, basically lashed the skippers and CAO resacking. I'm fascinated uh, by this story. This is in your wheelhouse because he's got a new word for the for a source demo and it's been blown up on the back page of the paper. He does. So, so there's so many layers to this. There's so much to unpack out of Justin Langer going public too. And here's another layer of it already, Hutchie. Will Schofield is the person he's yeah. spoken to, former West Coast Eagles um, star for, for a number of seasons and now branching into as a very, very good media operator in his own right, working for Code and clearly had the trust – of Justin Langer to, to have him tell, basically for the, for the first time, um, he broke his silence, didn't he, in this, in this regard, in terms of how strong he was in uh, his own response, belatedly to the, the treatment that he copped. But a couple of layers to it, Hachi. Uh, use of the word sources. Now, I just want to uh, refer to the, the exact quote here from, from Justin. A lot of journalists use the word source. I would say change that word to, quote, coward. A coward says, not a source, because what do you mean a source says? They've either got an axe to grind with someone and they won't come and say it to your face, or they're just leaking stuff for their own agenda. So we've talked about impeccable sources. What did you think of that description? Yeah, Yeah. we've talked about impeccable sources, reliable sources, sources in the know, people in the camp. We've now got another use of the word, that being cowards. For, for, for these types of people, in, in Justin Langer's eyes. So it's a sexy headline, and it was well argued by Justin. Do you think sources are cowards? It's funny you ask that, because 
when I read that article, and I made sure I read the whole lot, and there was a double page spread inside in the Herald Sun through Will Schofield's work on, on, a, on a podcast that he's got Justin to, to speak on, I, I did actually wonder that. And, and there's, if you are Justin Langer and, and knowing what happened to him with how he was undermined, at least in a public sense, by people he was uh, you know, working with, and there's no doubt about that in my take on this whole saga. Um, I think coward, in his eyes, is is an apt word for him to use. And it did have me thinking, Hutchie, maybe maybe these people who don't put their names to it, and, and thank God they exist, Hutchie, because you and I wouldn't have had a career if they didn't exist. But but maybe, maybe some elements of, of what they do is cowardly. I, I'd never looked at it from that perspective before, though, as, as, can, as, a, as a coward, as a coward. You, you concede that... It's uh, it's possible that there's some cowardry in becoming a source because you want to leak against someone without necessarily putting your own name or fingerprints on it. So even at this point of your career, you can see that some sources are cowards. I I do in in the context of which Justin's coming at it from. Now, I don't have a I don't have a um, a horse in the race in this. But I'm no, and I've you know met, spoken to Justin recently, just at, at the grand final for what it's worth, actually. But I don't I don't know the background to the story. So what I'm saying there is I don't have um, an allegiance in how this has played out, but. If you're Justin, I mean, he's clearly had a lot on on his mind and liver when it comes to what happened here. I can understand that contextually his use of that word in this situation. Yes, I can. Can you? Well, it's interesting. I, look, he's, he doesn't look at this objectively, right? So it's very hard to be objective about yourself. In fact, it's near impossible, I would think. So he interprets them as cowards. But I'm sure some of them would say, look, we told you this a hundred times. We gave you feedback. It didn't yeah. change the way we would have liked. In the end, what else are we going to do? But, you know, it, it builds. And no one's actually ringing around saying, you should know this about Justin Langer. It's just a thing in the room that gets discussed behind closed doors. More people know about it. Journalists are asking half, conversa- half questions along the way. I don't think there's any specific person out there ringing journalists saying, you should know this about Langer. But I, I would think that... It, the view of many around him is there different. There may to well his. have been. And, there may well have been on this story, Hutchie. It, it it had it had his own campaign behind the scenes. I mean, you and I've well, talked about how. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about to you about what happened at Essendon Footy Club back in two thousand and thirteen. How how they as a club and people connected to them had a hate media campaign, and, and we've discussed this regularly on the sounding board, semi regularly on the sounding board. So, I know this when happens, it, and I, I I read a lot of this stuff a year ago, or, or whenever it was, when Justin Langer was going down, and it was inevitable that he was going down, even after. He'd won the Ashes and the, the previous T20 World Cup, which was in a delay mode, you, you could see he was going to go. So uh, there was a campaign at, attached to what happened to him. There, there is no doubt in my mind. And, and part of it, part of it, Hutch, he might have gone to the new the new coach as well in, in McDonald, who's who's taken over. When, when the issue hangs around for a long time, as this one did, people end up forming a view one way or another. Journalists convince themselves of an opinion. And there's two camps here, isn't there? There's the old school camp that... Thinks Lang is the best person of all time, and and well, his old teammates do, and, and that's part of the layers to yeah. the story, isn't it? And then there's a new layer that just couldn't couldn't cop working with him. So, and then who's to say one was right and one was wrong? But in the end, it just built. And so the interview itself. So he's spoken on a, in quite a few platforms since he left. This is the first not like this. Of, no, but this is a, the first like sit down, tell us what happens and how you really feel style interview. So well done to Will, first of all. I agree with you on that. Yeah. He's doing some nice things. His podcast back chat's terrific. I'm interested in how it ended up on the back page of the paper. So, because his byline's attached to it, right? Yep. So let's go through it. So did he, Langer is obviously 
either got a relationship with Will or Will's approached him. He's a West Australian, which helps. There's a real West Australian view in the room in WA about the West Australian media are Langer people. Well, there's another layer too, Hutchie. Yeah. Justin Langer sits on the West Coast Eagles board. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's the you know a football yeah. director of so that football club. So there's a connection there from the club. So there's a connection. Yeah. And he's a West Australian and there's a connection. Did, do you think either Will, A, did the interview and then released, realised he had something good and – you know, rang up news and code and said, look, you know, you've been good to me. I'm writing some freelance stories for code. I've just interviewed Langer. Look, I, I want me to give you the pre-excerpts here. Here you go. Here's to strengthen, you know, to strengthen his news relationship, which is scenario one, because well, code don't break news. Well, it's a news-limited company, code. Yeah, but he didn't do the interview on the code premise, right? He did it for his Backchat podcast, didn't he? Yeah, well, I believe so, but but yeah. I've associated with him with code for for what it's yeah. worth. Yeah, so I think I think he's which is news limited, and and there's been a lot of yeah. carryover, hasn't there? There's been a lot of correlation between code and and news limited publications. So I think he's used that bridge. Yeah. Or do you think we're going to see a exclusive Langer column come up at some point in the in the summer? Ah, okay. and they just and they. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going then. <laughs> yeah, because okay. you know how sometimes it goes. Look, we're going to do a column interview with you, but before yep. we sign this off, we're going to need to hear your story. Right. Yeah. Um, we might need to put a bit of an arm's length in this. Okay. What yeah. about we get Will, who's a that. nice work for us for Code over in WA, yep. a local kid who you know. And he's probably banned some journos too, Justin, hasn't he, right now? There'd be some, in fact, there'd be many, I'd imagine, who'd yep. have the black text to put through their names in terms of him. I'm never speaking to him again Did, or her again. So, so I, yeah. I, I, I only went to two scenarios. Did Will do the interview, realise he had something good, offer it to Code to build his relationship with News, which makes sense if I'm him coming through, I'd probably do that. Or did news actually see the idea and then put the arms length in on the column? Time will tell, Damo. I, Time will tell. I had. Or did he just get a great story no, and then just, ring and say, "Hey, look, here's a chance to promote my podcast." But, it's a good story because you know what happens from here, don't you? And again, time coding this. It's uh, Melbourne time, two just after two o'clock on this particular Wednesday. Don't need to go I, overboard I, with the time codes. Well, you do because as we speak, <laughs> there's been no massive fallout uh, publicly to this point from what he said. But we both know the way sports works and we know the way cricket yep. works. Th- there will be a get-back component to this at some stage, won't there? Yeah, there will. Th- that's yep. inevitable. How, how it looks, what form it comes in, who knows? He can't, he can't win from here, though, Justin. He's got to move on, unfortunately. That's just how it is. Yeah, true. Hey, uh, have you... Are you back in town before a Saturday? And I ask that because if you're not, you're going to have to uh, vote somehow, Hutchie, from overseas. I've already voted, Damo. Postal voted before it, I left. That's, That's as organised organized as you've, you've ever, ever been. Tell me, how did the artist formerly known as Matthew go in the debate against Dan Andrews? Did you have a have a look at the debate? I had zero interest in it, Hutchie. I, I, yep. was, I was actually at home and I was aware it was on. I just I couldn't be bothered putting the TV on to watch it. Yep. I saw the clips and I thought... You got a disproportionate lens on Twitter, but I thought, and Matt, it was hard for him to land a punch. He looked like he was just trying to stay on his feet, and oh, Dan was sort of pushing his way through. Yeah, and the artist formerly known as, I don't think debates are ever going to be his best friend. <laughs> I don't think they're great environments for him. I, I voted too already, and Hachi, I normally don't tell you or our listeners who I vote for. I'm prepared to on this election. Are you really? Yes, I am. I am. I actually am. And I've, I've, I've done it today. I did it because uh, I'm going away on the weekend. Yep. And well, you're part of the... Uh, What's that word where you're part of the, the liberal kind of broader you're, you're part of the branch stacking crew? What's where have nope. you landed up on? My my seat is um in the Victorian elections is referred to as Albert Park. It's got a different yep. name in the federal election, Melbourne Ports or whatever it is these days, but it's Albert Park. So I and I'm happy to tell you, Hachi, I have voted for an independent in this year's election. 
Oh, dear. Her name is Georgie Dragwich. Yep. She runs Georgie's Harvest at South Melbourne Market. <laughs> and, and no, no, I'm serious. And, and I you, feel... And your I've allegiance actually, to the South Melbourne market was greater than the Labor My allegiance party. to Georgie, who I've known as a customer now for, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. Magnificent person. And the fact she's running, I have more faith in Georgie having not had a political, in terms of political party background, than anything else on offer, Hutchie. And I, I, I normally, as well, you know, is... I never ever tell people who I vote for. I, I, I do say, and I regularly do, swing my vote. That's my vote, Hutchie. I swing my vote. But today, I'm happy to tell you exclusively who I voted for. This is a bombshell. A, this is going to go down terribly with Mini Damo, who's devoting his life to the liberal conservative <laughs> ways. Mini Damo is going to be on the phone, your brother, in a blink of an eye Actually, here. I hadn't Dutton thought about him, that. I hadn't thought Dutton about that. will get involved in this. <laughs> What's your public... brother doing saying he's voting for the independent down in Melbourne? I just I'm gave not... Andrew a whack. What's he doing? <laughs> so, Mini Damo is going to be under siege tomorrow at work. Time code, Mini Damo walking in tomorrow, uh, 8800, Mr. Dutton's office, please. Um, second thing is, uh, the South Melbourne market yep. and Georgie. Georgie's uh, tell, harvest. Tell me a bit about Georgie's policies, Damo, that, you, that you've really, really attached yourself to. Well, you, this will amuse you. I did actually speak to Georgie about the policies last, uh, it was two Saturdays ago when I, um, I was just, as I was driving there, I noticed the placard up on one of the houses. It said, vote one Georgie. And I thought, what? Georgie's, Georgie's running. So I did, inqu- I, I did inquire. I got... The uh, policies volunteered to me, Hutchie, and they were they were as sound as anything that uh, well, either, either Matt. What are, the, what are the things you think will change the region? A, a, a genuine focus on community for starters. Oh, they, yeah, there you go. Gen, no, but That's actually coming one? from Georgie, it would be genuine, Hutchie. It would be genuine. A genuine focus on community. Has anyone uh, offered to help fix your neighbourly dispute as part of the <laughs> campaigning? And are you indeed eligible for that particular seat, or given the water damage done in your neighbour who sent me a legal letter saying can't talk about this anymore? Are you, please, do you, are you now in another seat? I, I'm going to tell what happened with your involvement in this publicly one day, and you will not come out of it good, well. So just stop talking about that, please. We got a, we got a legal letter, Damo. No, we I got didn't. a legal letter from your neighbour. I told you in passing over a beer one day that we'd had a few issues, and you decided to broadcast it. And, <laughs> That's and exactly caused, what happened. And caused all sorts of untold problems, which and didn't need to le- be caused. But the legal letter from the said neighbours, and then... You've, you've, after they, uh, well, we shouldn't get into the to the depth of the issues between the two, but you had to move We're out for a year. We're absolutely fine. We're absolutely fine. Are they voting good. for Georgie from the I, South that, no, market I, as well? I'm not on terms to ask them who they're voting for. I don't know that. Um, hey, who do you week, think wins, Damo? Uh, this gets back to who I voted for. I, I do not care for either of the main parties, Hutchie. I, I, I could not care. I, and I, I, I can't have Dan and I can't have Matt. So, I, well, I, so Georgie presented herself to me perfectly at this point in time. What about the um, Matt's confidence is growing by the day, I read in the Herald Sun, <laughs> one of the headlines. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's been an unbelievable campaign. I've never it? said anything like it. Yeah. Well, well, as we discussed last week, and as we revealed, they're, they're their own party, aren't they? The, yep. the, the, what, what did you call them? The Huns. The News Limited. The, the well, Newsies. The, Huns. the Newsies. If he gets beat the second time, having had news really run the agenda. Yep. It, 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 if you can't win with news in your camp over two, it's probably not worth going again. I feel for him. I, I thought the, uh, he's, he has seemingly done a pretty good job campaigning, I must say. So, so Guy gaining just, confidence of election win. And Dan Andrews on the nose. That were the consecutive stories yeah. in consecutive days. I um I thought I saw a familiar face when I was actually pre-voting the other day, Hutchie. I thought it looked like a certain News Limited journalist handing out how to vote cards for, for Matt, Matt's party. But but it, upon getting closer to the person, it wasn't. But 
I reckon they will be handing out how to vote cards on Saturday, won't they? A lot of the journos at the Herald Sun. How, how did your, your controversial comments go last week when you ran into uh, some of the said editors at, the, at an event on the weekend? I did run into one of the uh, said uh, executives at, the, at, a, at a function. It was a, a non, um, actually non, non-sports function, actually, but uh, I did run into one of them, and I think it was taken pretty well, actually. I, I'd yeah, actually forgotten what I said until I was reminded by said person who I think took it in the, in the, in the spirit it was meant, Archie, that News Limited people were handing out how to vote cards for, for Matt. Yeah. You, you you agree with me. I know you agree with me. You just don't want to say it publicly. No, I, I, I'm in your hands. Well done to, by the way, big week for the background nodders. I thought <laughs> Dan Andrews took the honours on the background nodders. He, he's a master of getting the flak jacket in his own press conferences or the hard hat. During the week, there was a photo which we'll share on our socials. I saw no less than nine background nodders in the press conference and a and a few of them had the flak jackets on. So, <laughs> so someone, he's a builder, Damo. He's a builder. Someone sent both of us uh, a link to some background nodding on the on the back of you uh, prompting that last week. And someone, again, I didn't click. I did click on it, but I couldn't see it. Tom Boyd was in the background last week somewhere, so, according to one of our listeners. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Someone. So the uh, it's been a fascinating week. And, of course, the IBAC... Uh, investigation now going on to Matthew Guy and Mitch Catlin, which didn't probably get the column inches that uh, Matt Guy's increased confidence got in the Herald Sun. <laughs> I, I love when you talk politics, Archie. Before we close off on this topic today, who is going to win? I think Daniel will probably hang on money, but it'll be it'll be close, much closer than people think. And yep. there'll be some upsets in with the Greens and independents around the place. Now, now one of the government bodies that's in our uh, crosshairs, Hutchie, and you just mentioned one a moment ago in, in the BOM, the Bureau of Meteorology. Yep. You know the one that's in mine, the uh, Reserve Bank of Australia. Oh, yep. I, I just, I, I feel, having two years ago stated that there will be, quote, and this is a rough quote, no rate rises until 2024. And we've now had, at last count, I think six, maybe seven significant ones. We're talking half a percentage each time or thereabouts. I felt, Hutchie, that they've rel- they've relinquished the right to tell us how the future might look, particularly under this current regime. Would you, was that? Am I fair in saying that? At least before I go further, I think, I think there'll be some trades done. I think some of the Reserve Bank officials will be traded out to the bomb, and the bomb <laughs> weather, weather analysis are going to end up in plum jobs in the RBA because. Well, who's second guessing the, themselves more right now, the, the RBA <laughs> or the bomb? Well, the the Reserve Bank uh, unveiled a review to its COVID policy after criticism, and they uh, admitted they'd suffered some reputational damage, Damo. So there you go. It's uh, it's on the agenda. But I, I think it's there's no easy way through this. We're just going to have to suck it up and play on. Yeah. But they did, they did overcommit a little bit early to the no interest rates, and then uh, away it's been. Well, we meant to still have two more years of free runway of no interest rates at all. We've already had six or seven. Hutchie, last week uh, we did touch on this topic, the, how the, the, the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter was being received by the uh, – the Twitterati, so to speak, and yep. it is it, it is staggering how people now have chosen to rewrite history, have chosen to rewrite their own involvement and love of Twitter, as it is in this current situation right now. I mean, until about a month ago, everyone was happy to say on Twitter itself, "This is toxic. This is bad. I'm off this. You'll never see me again." Yep. And now it's as though people are having removed from their lives the greatest joy they've yep. ever got. And I don't want to name names, but anyone there there are dozens of examples of, of that type. That we did. This used did to be warn, a good place. It's not anymore. We did warn that relevance dep- deprivation was going to be a thing, 
It is everywhere, particularly among journalists. Oh. There's a lot of journalists struggling to come to terms with the changes. Hasn't there been some leaking from the Twitter staff, by the way? A lot of some of the stories that we're not going to have an engineer to fix things, it won't get through the World Cup, Twitter doom uh, prediction, you know, 50-50 chance of turning off during one of the games and all <laughs> this sort of stuff that's folded up in stories around the place. Morale's at an all-time low. and yep. um, I, I'm not... Uh, by any means, um, passing comment on the, um, the workforce challenge. No, no, I, I no. feel I feel for those people who've chosen to leave, but the leaking uh, against the platform has been like nothing we've seen. Yeah, but 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 back to the point I was to say that, that basically people were often described it as as a, as a living hell being on it, and the, the toxicity that that a lot of comments were being directed at and. Um, the misogyny, name any word you want. That They were the types of words that were used on a, on a minute-by-minute basis by a lot of people. But now it's now it's being viewed because it's being changed and potentially be removed as though it was the greatest um, forum for support and love and um, community and involvement yep. and connection. And oh, I'm, I'm over it, Hutchie. I'm, I might start calling people out <laughs> next week. The other thing they do is they say, I'm off, right? I'm off, I'm, I'm, I'm just taking it, I'm, I'm off now, you won't see me again. Within within three days, they're back too, that's the other thing. They're, they always come back. Thanks for all those who reached out privately and demanded that I return <laughs> yeah. to be heard. Yeah. <laughs> and if they don't come back... Based on the overwhelming feedback, <laughs> here I am again. Yeah. I'm going to hold Elon accountable. C- code for, my life's better with it in it, with Twitter yep. in it, yeah. Hey, the, the New York Post... Is at the front of the turn on Donald Trump. We've again forecast this in the DeSantis movement a couple of weeks back in the states. <laughs> you did, you did anyway. What, what about the? Tell me, if, like, if this was any other candidate, we would be like CNN didn't cover the Donald Trump announcement. They didn't go to it. Other TV cut out of it ten minutes early. Yeah. The New York Post ran a strip at the bottom that said, "Florida man makes announcement." And it went to page. I went to page twenty six to find it. It was a strip down the left. Florida man makes an announcement. Is that what it yeah. said? <laughs> yeah. Bottom of the New York Post. Florida man makes an announcement, and then it got to page twenty six, and the story just absolutely made fun of the fact that he's running for president. <laughs> I didn't catch that, up with it. My question to you on that. I mean, I know it's very much in style from the New York Post, which is a notoriously cheeky publication. Is that fair and reasonable, Damo, given what Donald Trump has been perceived to put the world through, January 6 included? Or is it actually getting into areas of not fair coverage and you know, what's your take on it? Sorry, what's your question about the fair coverage? They, they, they gave it no oxygen at all. Florida man makes announcement, page 26 strip. Oh. They, eight they, paragraphs. Is, they, is it fair and reasonable? Hachi, as, as we've learned, the, the, whoever owns the media company ultimately will do whatever he or she feels needs to be done. And, and, and right now, um, News Limited is off off Trump. Ha- having having backed the Trump horse for you know the best part of 15 years before he actually officially ran, then ran, and backed him pretty much throughout the entirety of the, the four years he had, in, in, and inclusive of the next election, um, but they're not... Now, are they? I mean, again, it doesn't make it right in, in terms of answering your question. Is it, is it right to disregard what he's doing, but in terms of a news story? But that's what happens, isn't it? They're, they're backing yeah. other horses. Extraordinary. Yeah. It's, been, it's been a vicious U-turn. And then on page 26, the sub-story, the heading was, Been there, done that. Been there, done that. And then a, this is a sample of the article. 
with just 720 days to go before the next election, a Florida retiree made the surprise announcement that he was running for president. Avid golfer Donald J. Trump kicked things off at Mar-a-Lago, his resort and classified documents library. Trump, famous for gold-plated lobbies and for firing people yeah. on reality television, will be 78 in 2024. His cholesterol levels are unknown, but his oh. favourite food is a charred steak with ketchup. Oh, that's, that's, that's just smart allegory, Hutchie. Final line. Trump also served as the 45th president. Yeah, that that I, I wasn't aware of that. I hadn't seen it until you read it out. That, that that's just a news outlet trying to be a smart, you know what? And it, it doesn't resonate with me. That sort of, I mean, reporter news, dumping. and yeah, I mean, he is a former president. However, you want to spin yep. that. Hey, you, you, a bit we, of glass your time. Hit the music, Jane. Someone's had a go at us. This can't happen. Someone else on the tins bagging us. <laughs> this is not acceptable. Thank you, Jane. A Stone Cold Steve Austin walks through the glass jaws. So for those who haven't heard this sounding board podcast before, we think people in the media have got glass jaws, can't handle criticism. And uh, we are having a glass jaw of the year at the Soundies, which are upcoming. And we're both the in the race for it because we, I think we were the first two nominees, weren't we? I think you had two no, nominees I've in a row. I've never been nominated. I've you? never been nominated. No, I think you I did nominate. nominated. I've been nominated. No, yeah. I'm, uh, how dare you say I take things personally, don't we? <laughs> you do at times, Hutchie. You <laughs> like to make out as though you don't. Peter Ford this week is the entertainment reporter I heard on uh, 3AW and others. <laughs> I think he's already got one, hasn't he? Um, Peter Ford, he's covered the Channel 10 news. Yeah. The project has got some change on, Damon, in case you're not across this. It's been clickbait for a week. And Peter Ford, as he can often be, was at the front of this story. Uh, and then the denies went out from the 10 publicity team. So I think he was he was reporting, or, or this is what I picked up on, on this particular issue, was that he was saying in advance of Pete Hallier following others, uh, Lisa Wilkinson, um, Carrie Bickmore, out of the, the, the panel – that he was saying that Peter Hallier was going to as well and had been denied to in the in the lead up to Pete himself during the week announcing mm. it. Is that the background? Yep. Yep. So the tweet that Pete sent, um, what? Wait, that's not possible. <laughs> Channel 10 publicity has spent 48 hours telling people I'm a liar who makes things up. <laughs> Yet it did come to pass. And then another tweet. And much more tomorrow. Can't do Powerball numbers, sadly, but I'm pretty good on showbiz stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's both, uh, both a, a glass jaw and a... Um, what, do you, what do you do on the Saturday morning? It's yeah, a, a self-congratulations. Self yeah, there you go. Yep. <laughs> I like so it. there you go. Uh, last week we did, Hutchie, uh, miss the uh, – well, not, not miss. We just weren't talking when it had broken, the uh, AFL umpire story with the yep. uh, Brownlow medal voting. I, I've never seen a, a topic be deliberately misconstrued by media, my media, and I'm often guilty of this doing it myself, Hutchie, without realising it, but how, how did this story about – integrity of the votes that have been collated become, in, in the eyes of so many people for about 36 to 48 hours, a story about umpires, umpires aren't the right people to vote in the Brownlow. Yeah. How, how did it go from that to that at, at, at speed of light? I'm serious. It moved, oh. it moved very quickly. It's got nothing to do with who's the right person or people to vote for a Brownlow, is it? It's got nothing to do with that. That's another conversation. Have that one whenever you want. Have it next week. Have it tomorrow. Have it January 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. But, but it has got nothing to do with, with how information allegedly got out from the collated votes. Am, yep. I, am I misreading something here, Hutchie? The story moved very quickly, didn't it? Like it, 
it, it moved off the, the, the heart of the issue. And the umpire himself, um, it moved away from him very, very quickly. And it ended up in the wrong people, as you've said, the wrong people doing the votes. And then the method of the of the collection and all oh. these. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and umpires, umpires aren't the right people to vote because they've got yep. to pay free kicks and therefore they can't tell who's playing well. I mean, please. Yep. Oh. And then... And then the the fact that we bet on the Brownlow at all and should spot betting be banned actually got past the subs and landed in the Herald Sun. <laughs> <laughs> Only a month, you know, two, if, if they if uh, better had launched two months earlier, they'd been running 100 to 1 the field on the Brownlow. <laughs> and all of a sudden... Well, I think they have, haven't they? You can imagine the execs in Sydney go, hey, um, wait a minute, what are we doing <laughs> stories about... Yeah. <laughs> they had a hundred to one on Doville Legend and uh, and Gold Trip and any other runner in the Melbourne Cup winning um, for yep. for a maximum of, of I think it was ten bucks wasn't it I think it was the, uh, the then, limit but but yeah and then but now they're outraged you, you, you bet this is wrong Schwartz calls out culture is bobbed up oh, a, come on. a week and a half afterwards come on David Schwartz being quoted in the Herald Sun about gambling not being good come on now I actually I have, a bit of a, I have a bit of a joke about that I think that is good it actually showed that they are going to maintain independence in editorial, despite being a major shareholder and bookmaker. So I actually, oh, is that what you took it out, did you? That's what I is took it out. Is that what you took out of it? I did have a laugh, but I, I did take that out of it. I think so, it, it takes courage. So, so they're, they're, they're bookmakers. They're bookmakers. And they're, they're, no, they're shareholders. No, they're bookmakers. Hachi, they're, they're bookmakers. They're not. As well as not, being a political party, they're bookmakers. Yeah, I know, you do, I know you're saying that with great mirth. but No, I'm actually not. Um, are they going to frame a market on their own chances in the state election too? On better? Oh, here we go. How would you frame I, it, Hachi? I think Dan's I think was, still about a dollar. If he bet a dollar, it has to be dollar forty. I, I, wouldn't I it? had no problem with the. That was the right call. Like he was, it was the right person to ring. It was the right story. To write. It was fair enough. I'm only only a bit of fun. <laughs> bit of fun. Very serious topic to have some fun with, Hachi. Um, just yeah. reading through the the uh, running sheet that, that Jane has uh, put together, there was another nomination for uh, Glassjaw this week. It wasn't just Pete Ford. It was a, uh, a fifteen year old kid who's got a, a an extraordinary uh, career no, in, I, in, in media. No, you can't. You can't drag Max into this. I thought his response was well, so, someone did on our behalf, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, I thought you were trying to say it was a glass jaw. I thought it was brilliant the way he responded and clarified the uh, sponsorship of his Sporty Max podcast. So yeah, you're on your own on that one, Damo. <laughs> I'm only just reading off the running sheet, Archie. You're um, on your own. Let's head to uh, question of the week. On the sounding board, it's our question of the week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. Right, eh? and you're pointing at me saying I've got to answer, ask a question, so let me see if I can find it. <laughs> Page six, Archie. <laughs> Page six. Oh, your rundown's in not in great shape, to be fair. I'm surprised you've even got one. You normally don't refer to it, but it's on page six. Page today. six. This is aimed at you, obviously. That's why you want me to ask well, it. Well, I could read yeah. it out myself, but it'd be better if okay. it's about me and he's having a crack Jared, at me if it's read yep. by you. Jared Plowman um, says, that's his real name, by the way, Jared Plowman, uh, with Elon Musk... In the midst of an unblocking phase on Twitter, any chance Damo will follow suit? I'm one of his victims. <laughs> I've no idea why, but whatever I said, I hereby apologise. So he can start with me if he likes, <laughs> at Jared Plowman 30 through. 33. Thanks in advance, Damo. <laughs> this is one of the... By the way, if you are a victim of Damo, um, hashtag Damo victim. I think this is a very good opportunity to cleanse some back into the system. 
So if you're listening out there, you've been blocked by Damo. There are thousands of you. I'm interested in your story. You can reach out to no, me. No, no, I'm no, no, personally no, no. interested in telling the story. I want to know when you hashtag Damo Victim, no. why you feel he banned you. I'll play along with this with you and Jared Plowman here if you, if you want me to, Hutchie. But I don't, I don't care nor want the detail behind it. I will, though, in, in true spirit here, Hutchie, trying to be uh, embracing now and, and to move on. I will heed Jared Plowman 33's suggestion here. And, and after this show finishes recording, I will unblock Jared Plowman 33. I'll tell you what, Jared, he wouldn't want to waste that moment because the second block <laughs> will be severe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe, Hutchie, maybe if, if others would like me to unblock them, maybe just for another little period, I might have a moratorium on the block. Oh, you're offering an olive branch. There you go. Hashtag Damo Victims. I'm prepared to do a standalone podcast drop on Damo's victims. I want to hear your stories. <laughs> your chance to tell your story. Why do you feel you're what? You are an idiot. Whose fault was it? <laughs> Tonight on A Current Affair, Damo's Victims. Speak out. I was blocked. I was blocked. Hang on. Are they go- Actually, if you do this, they have to use their so. real name. They can't be like Justin Langer says and be cowards about it. They can't just yeah, be uh, fair. Avatar. No, that's fair. Yeah. Now, out, out your real name is part of it, and that's what's going to happen. So we are having a cleansing. Elon Musk has inspired Damo to unblock a few. Hashtag Damo Victim, let me know your story. We'll give that a go, Hutchie, if, if you can be bothered. Um, we've got a couple of episodes left, and, and there's now a few nervous people around town too, Hutchie, because uh, I, I've forgotten the Sandies. Yeah. So I think this is going to be the third year of the Sandies. Is that right, Jane? No, second. Second year of the Sandies, according to Jane. Um we need to get the categories sorted out because uh, there's well, a lot of there's, categories. There's a little late trend emerging that I think needs a soundy suggestion. Yeah. Have you noticed the – there's a new honeymoon period, Damo, emerging. Have you noticed this? There's a new media honeymoon period. For? It's called the post-trade honeymoon period from <laughs> mid-October yeah. to Christmas. Yeah. Journalists and agents. <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed this? Yeah, I have noticed this. There's a there's a two week partnership of convenience, and then there's a bit of make good going on from media who want to thank the agents, and vice versa. There's yep. some agents who want to be uh, who want to get some media hang time demo. Well, we've to got agents Hachi, who who actually do their own TV shows, their own documentaries. Now I remember I think I told you I rolled up to the last day of trade period as we have done traditionally for uh, what 15, 20 years now on the last day in there at Marvel, and as I walked through the car park, there, there were agents. What, with, with with producers and makeup people getting wired up, Hutchie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the car park. Heavy. But there's a lot of like you know, said agent in the paper will so and so agent comma of such such an agency. Yes, yes. Like this. This is cryptic. And did, did we hear one of these on the television? Did I hear one on Channel Nine the other night? You did hear one on the Channel Nine news last uh, week. Such was the talent on display at Gosh's paddock. It was basically a mini draft combine. Recruiters from across the competition on hand, even Ross the boss was there, all with a keen eye on the next generation of stars strutting their stuff ahead of the draft. The session is run by Paul Connors and his sports management team. Connors and offsiders Robbie Durazio and Nick Geeshan could have upwards <laughs> of 12 players picked at the draft, including four in the top 10. Uh, uh, I think it goes something like this. Um, can you come down, Hetton, uh, and cover this uh... Uh, yeah, I can. Uh, look, it's okay. To, I'm happy to give you a grab, but just make sure you mention 
Robbie and Nick because they've done and uh, they've done a lot of work behind the scenes and I didn't want to be seen to be mentioned and not at the expense of them. So could you ease them in? Even Ross Lyon didn't get his full name in. Ross the boss. All three agents got their name in, Damo. Colin Young does it too, doesn't he? With uh, Dukes. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I reckon the, one of the first one was. Um, just trying to think. Look, it was, it was what was Ricky Nixon's company? Flying Start. Flying Start. Yeah. Now that, that was the first of it, wasn't it? That, when, when it Ricky was commercialised in the in the, in the uh, Wayne Carey doorstop at five o'clock. What was that one? Flying Start. will have more to say later on. <laughs> Is that right? It <laughs> was the first. Cl- close quotes. CEO of Flying yep. Start, Ricky Nixon said. Yep. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, to be fair, it was Paul's. Uh, Training session, so he's entitled to promote it as he sees fit. I've only what about Paul on that too? I, I did watch that report. Um, wearing a cap backwards. <laughs> <laughs> can you yeah, wear good. a cap? Can you wear a cap backwards, Hachi? Yep. At fifty, whatever yep. age he is, what is he? Forty, whatever. Can you wear a yep. cap backwards? Um, I, I don't. You, I don't think. Uh, I don't think you can. Another email from Mark D. Before we go, which is up your alley, right up your alley. Um, he, he pulled apart Jake Niles' article about the Brownlow betting scam, which I should have mentioned at the time. And he found in that story yeah. sources familiar with some of the information, <laughs> well-placed sources, and sources familiar with the investigation. <laughs> That's a good so, text. So there's a difference between a source familiar with some of the information and a source familiar with the actual investigation. But are they different to the other use of the phrase well-placed sources? Uh, well, yeah. Well, uh, there's the, multiple sources here. Yeah. The, the well-placed sources... Uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a good one. Sources familiar with mean, some of the information. <laughs> yep. So there were three references. Sources familiar with some of the information, yep. well-placed sources, and sources familiar with the investigation. So the, the poor old first source, he didn't know as much as the third no, source did. he only so knew he some got of as, <laughs> He, only knew he some got labelled as the sum. And then the well-placed sources, well, <laughs> well-placed sources may not, it doesn't look like the well-placed sources knew any of the information because otherwise they'd have been well-placed sources familiar with the information. <laughs> Not under the Jake, under the Jake source meter. <laughs> that, that's good. That, that's very good. Who sent that in, Hutchie? You know, Mark I think we need to do, Mark Dean. What, what do I think that's, we need to do, Damo? I've, I've been I've been a little bit sort of ho hum on this source stuff, but that was nearly the. I think we need to actually get the uh, source ometer out, the Jake Nile source ometer out. Well, the hot and the extra hot and the spicy. We, we did spend way too yeah. long on this when we first raised it with our listeners, and, and we, I think we spent about 15 minutes. But the impeccable use of the word impeccable was the reason we talked about it that yep. day because there was a very senior person in media in Melbourne who, who alerted us to it and, and saw the use of the word on the front page of the Herald Sun, an impeccable source. And it was just, just ask the question, is there any better than an impeccable? <laughs> and I don't think there is, but, but we just want to know where a source familiar with, quote, some of the information fits in. <laughs> Um, before that you go, Damon, we should probably wrap up. It's Saturday night. If, oh, you let, you um, let me go, are you? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Saturday night, you and uh, will there be celebration down at Ralph's Meats if Georgie wins? We all gather down at the South Melbourne market and talk about your contribution to the community upcoming. <laughs> How are you going to be community-led agenda? Uh, will you be there? Will you go over to the neighbours and drop a bottle of wine off and say we did it? Like, what's the... Uh, What's the fallout? Nah, I'm not, I'm not that involved in Hutchie. I was more than happy to give my vote to Georgie Dragwich for the seat of Albert Park, Hutchie. And um, <laughs> that, that's pretty much where it starts and, and stops. And I'll be, I'll be absolutely ecstatic if she, if she can just get some good numbers on the board. Doesn't have to win. You'd think it's highly unlikely, but I'd like to think that a message might be sent by Georgie Dragwich. We're out, we're out of time, Damo. <laughs> we are out of time. That is the end of the sounding board, according to sources familiar with some of the production behind the show for Drinkwise. <laughs> if you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.
Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.